He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay in your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He is gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. The Gospel of the Lord. And a moment later, her face went up and she said, but yesterday, I had a cup of coffee. 
many people in Honduras live in conditions such as this. LFR is a response to this level of poverty, offering children and young people an opportunity to break that cycle of poverty that they were born into. 250 children and young people live at LFR. Our children live in a safe place. They receive love, healthy food, and education, attention, medical care, and they're with us from first grade to high school. In that time, they learn that they are worthwhile human beings and that they are beloved children of God. Elohar sits in the middle of a very busy, chaotic city, the capital city of the country, where many of the neighborhoods are ruled by gangs. At Elgar, the elementary campus, there's a, a wall with a gate that surrounds the campus. And it's almost as though the children live inside in an oasis of safety. I've often thought that above the gate of Elgar, there should be a sign that says, The Kingdom of God, because God lives at Elgar. Elgar is a place where the gospel is lived out in its everyday life. At Elgar, God's love flows like healing water, and it's restorative and transformational. I think this is what makes Elgar feel very special to people who visit there. I hope someday some of you will come and see for yourself. But even if you never go there, Elgar welcomes a relationship with each and every one of you. When we look at the Gospel reading today, we find an interesting encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a despised extortionist, cheating his fellow Jews out of money. Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in his tree there, where he was hoping to have a sighting of Jesus when he walked by. And Jesus called up to him and said the most astonishing thing. He said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I want to spend today with you. Staying at your house. So let's look closely at Zacchaeus' response to that kind of a crazy statement. First, Zacchaeus climbs down immediately out of his tree. He listens and he acts. <coughs> Secondly, Zacchaeus was happy to welcome Jesus. He responds with joy at the prospect of Jesus coming to his home. Then, we hear the crowd murmuring and passing judgment on the whole business. They are seemingly judging Jesus for reaching out to this despised person. And of course, they've already judged Zacchaeus for being that despised person. But he perhaps surprises them all by offering to give half of his wealth to the poor and to repay four times the amount of money that he may have essentially stolen from his neighbors. And Jesus responds to this gesture of repentance, of making amends, by telling Zacchaeus that he is good with God. He recognizes and accepts Zacchaeus' turn toward restoring justice to his neighbors. So, in essence, what has happened here between Jesus and Zacchaeus? Number one, Zacchaeus sought Jesus out. He sought out an encounter with him even if it was just a second. 
Jesus met Zacchaeus where he was up in his tree. He saw him and offered an even deeper encounter. Zacchaeus embraced this opportunity and met it with joy. He was moved by this encounter and had a dramatic opening to grace and generosity. And then finally, Jesus took him into himself. The encounter was transformative. This is not just a curious story about a chance encounter. This simple story is actually profound because it shows us that God longs to be in relationship with us. If we show the slightest bit of interest, God will respond and we will know joy, and God will abide in us. We will be transformed by our encounters with God. We can have such encounters with the living God any day of our lives. We can do this because God lives in us, lives in me, and lives in you, and in every living being. I once heard a missionary speak at a global mission conference. And she said, if you want to encounter God, look into the eyes of the other. She was especially encouraging us to look into the eyes of the other who is different from us, who lives on the margin, who is oppressed, who suffers, who is disadvantaged. We encounter God in those eyes in particular because those are the people who have quite a lot to teach us. I have taught many things by the children of LOR. If I look past their cute, affectionate, and ready smiles, and these kids are quite cute. I see strength and resilience born from devastating hardship. I see readiness to embrace joy. I see compassion. I see delight taken in a simple act of kindness. I see strength of character. <coughs> These are often rejected and abandoned children who are eager to believe that they are beloved children of God. These are children who have been transformed by their encounter with the love and kindness they receive at Alabama. You might wonder on any given day how this kind of transformation happens at Alabama. So I want to share with you a story that I can illustrate that. Every morning at Elgar, at the elementary campus, all of the children and all of the staff gather around outside in front of the classroom buildings at the beginning of the day, and they have a devotional. And there'll be a reading from scripture, there'll be a reflection offered by a teacher, and sometimes by students. And a teacher will talk about some value that is held dear at LOR. These are values like kindness and responsibility and honesty. One day, when I was there, the theme was forgiveness, asking for it and granting it. The teacher was explaining why forgiveness was important and asked the students there whether any one of them maybe wanted to ask for forgiveness for a hurt that they may have done to one of their friends or classmates. So one or two children came forward quietly and shyly and described some mean thing that they did to one of their classmates and asked for forgiveness. And they received forgiveness. 
Then I saw one of the teachers, Hazer, the math teacher, step into the middle of the circle and explain that yesterday he showed disrespect toward one of his students, Mario, by speaking impatiently to him in the classroom. He looked Mario in the eye and he said he was sorry that he did that, that it was wrong to treat him that way and he was asking him to forgive him. Mario looked a little bit surprised, as I was a little bit surprised, that a teacher was humbling himself and admitting a wrongdoing like that in front of all the students and his peers as well. But that is what LLR does. It shows respect to children who have received so little of it in their lives. Elgar not just tells, but demonstrates to these children that they are loved by God and that they deserve not to be cast away and forgotten about. I imagine that both Hazer, the teacher, and Mario, the student, felt the presence of God in that encounter that day. I imagine that they were both changed by it. Just like I imagine that little boy Carlos, who's a brand new shy student at Elgar, Hung back, didn't play with the other kids, didn't feel good enough about himself. I bet he felt the presence of God when a service team volunteer noticed him and gently went up to him and sought him out. And I imagine that this service team volunteer also felt the presence of God when Carlos slowly smiled at her and took her hand and went with her to sit under a tree and play a game of cards. These are simple encounters. But when done with open hearts, free from judgment, and full of love, God will abide. There's an ancient Jewish saying that says, whoever saves a life, it is considered as if he saved an entire world. The Gospels are full of examples of Jesus helping the outcast, healing the sick, lifting up the poor and oppressed. Jesus is constantly showing us what needs to be done, and he tells us to go and do likewise. To have a relationship with a place like Elgar and many other places is to participate in saving the world. That's a big statement, but I don't think it's too big of a statement. Whether a child is with us for many years or just for a short time, every child is uplifted. Every child experiences kindness, the love of strangers, and they are shown that they are beloved children of God. They are transformed physically and spiritually. And we, who help provide the opportunity for these children to receive such things at Elgar, such as this church community, we too are transformed. Such a relationship does change the world as we are part of Christ's work to bring justice and peace to this world. Let us pray. Loving God who creates, redeems, and sustains the world, lead us in the way of peace and reconciliation. May we have the courage to encounter you in the eyes of each other, near and far. And may we be transformed to your grace to live more fully into who you would have us be. 
May we truly be instruments of your peace in this world. Amen. Almighty God, 
to whom we must account for all our powers and privileges, guide the people of the United States in the election of officials and representatives, that by faithful administration and wise laws, the rights of all may be protected, and our nation be enabled to fulfill your purposes. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. We pray especially today for Dottie, Sharon, Kemp, Judy, Thomas, Tom, Stephen, Tom, Claire, Al, Will, Igor, Ann, Catherine, Jean, Randy, Agnes, Ted, Anne, Kathy, Janet, Alice, Marshall, John, Joan, Franklin, John and Heather, Richard, Julie, Leela, Theo and Henry, Kathy, Ava, Phil, Susan, Nora, Orly, Will, Tom and his family, Susie and Ellen, Christine, Susan, Peter, Christy, Eric, Gail, Wynn, Harry, Aliona, Wynn and Jenny, Edith, those suffering in the wake of Hurricane Matthew, those without jobs, those serving in the military, all who work in peace, and all those suffering as they flee war-torn countries. Are there others? Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. Give to the departed eternal rest. We pray for the repose of the soul of John Mariner, brother of Ken Mariner. Are there others? We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. Let us join in saying a prayer for our parish. Gracious God, we pray that your Holy Spirit guide Trinity Church in this time of change and transition. During this interim time, open our hearts in thanksgiving for this parish as we are now and as we discern in our hopes for the future. Guide our search for thee to work together in patience and harmony as they listen to your voice. With gratitude for your presence among us, we ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. Guard not our sins, but the thing of your turn. 
and give us the peace and unity of that heavenly city, where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our
from the house on Bridge Street at the church owned where we store things, um, some this year into the undercroft, and some into the parish hall against one of the walls. Um, so enjoy a cup of coffee, a cookie, or whatever else is yummy there, and then we'll make an announcement in the parish hall. There are plenty of jobs for everyone. If you need to sit, but you can direct people which room things are supposed to go to, we can use you. Some people will have in the undercroft. Some people will have out of the house, bringing things out of the house. And we have two pickup trucks that have been offered to be available. We'll load one with boxes right around the Main Street parking lot and unload it there. So we will need about half a dozen people here who are willing to climb up and down the stairs with boxes. And about the same number at the house. Um, and if you're comfortable going up and down those stairs, please feel free to come out. Thank you.
and why. First, the what. Next Sunday, November 6th, is in gathering Sunday, and the committee is asking that if it's at all possible, we pledge by that day. This will help shorten our pledge gathering cycle. You can bring your pledge envelopes next Sunday, mail or drop off your envelopes to the office next week, or pledge online. If we can do this, it would be, as Mary Poppins said in the sound of music, super califragilistic as the <laughs> And, as I'm sure you know, our stewardship goal for 2017 is to increase our pledging by 10%. This is necessary in order to keep Trinity Church at the same level of funding as 2016. Your stewardship committee humbly requests that you give as generously as you can. If we all do our part, then we assure that Trinity will be here for years and years to come. We are so grateful to each of you. Thank you. And now for the why. I remember my first Sunday at Trinity Church 16 years ago as clearly as if it was yesterday. So many of you welcomed me, and I knew immediately that Trinity was where I wanted to be. I felt at home. In February of 2006, I was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. After the diagnosis, I shared my thoughts and feelings with Tony. And as you can imagine, you could not have been more supportive. Also, as I went through treatments, I knew with all my heart that God was with me, and that a very special Trinity community was there for me as well. You were constantly lifting me up in your prayers. This is something that I will always remember, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for your prayers, your smiles, your warmth and gentleness, your constant concern, and yes, your love. You gave me the courage and patience to weather the little storms along the way. I have been so blessed. There really are no words to adequately express how much Trinity means to me. And I know that there are many of you who have had similar experiences. There is truly, as the beautiful says, a sweet, sweet spirit in this place.
beautiful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, for by water and the Holy Spirit you have us a new people, in Jesus Christ our Lord, to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name.
Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of the body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace, and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of this congregation, I thank you for sharing this holy day. That those whom you boldly share with us in this communion of Christ's body and Amen. 